Well, the trilogy is complete. I did this at the five and at the eight, so I'm going to do it here. I can't do it in Spanish, uh, but I'm going to do a song with you, and you're going to uh, be the choir, okay? I'll give you one line that you'll keep repeating. Um, and I have to give credit. I think the name is James Mentor uh, that wrote it, I think, but I also see that the singer that I'm familiar with, uh, Roberta Flack, is the one that is giving credit for both the writing and singing. And by the way, I'll give this commercial right now. If you do not have Roberta Flack's Christmas album, get it. It's one of the best uh, Christmas albums I know of. It's beautiful, beautiful renditions of many songs, but some original ones. And this is one of the original ones, Because His Child Was Born. May I have a G? You're going to be singing, be, 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 be. Okay, that's too low. Be, because this child was born. Because this child was born. You're going to throw me off, okay? Because this child was born. Can I hear it loudly? Because this child was born. Hark now, hear the angels sing. Because this child was born. All mankind has been redeemed. Because this child was born, laid aside his golden crown, then from heaven he came down. Now the lost can all be found, because this child was born. Wise men came from near and far on that First Christmas morn, guided by a twinkling star to where this child was born. Meek and lowly was his way, from his manger filled with hay. Peace and joy are ours today, because this child was born. We can have eternal life because this child was born. Free from pain and free from strife because this child was born. He broke the bonds of sin and death, ours the victory to win. We then advocate within because this child was born. All creation joins in song because this child was born. Grateful praise to God belongs because this child was born. King of kings and Lord of lords, there to reign forevermore. Grace forgave and love was born because this child was born. Now I admit it's a bit repetitious, okay? But repetition teaches, and the lesson to learn is that this child was a unique child in all of human history for us as Christians. And we believe that this child made all the difference in the world. And this song tells it in story form, the wise men coming, uh, all of it, and reveals to us 
that we need to pay attention to this. Now, I have to admit, uh, we have romanticized Christmas off the chart. Uh, yesterday, how many had a crazy day? Don't even raise your hand, okay? Uh, and leading up to it, I get it. And, um, and we know when something is really important, when commerce takes it over, and commerce took over Christmas and makes big bucks. I think it's probably the most, uh, uh, the wealthiest time of all the year for all of commerce. It just is amazing. And so mixed with all of this, we come and try with our religious sensibilities to come and look at this. And it's beautiful. It's romantic. We even surround it with lights. Little children bring it in and place the baby there. And everybody goes, ooh, ah, wow. It's beautiful. But Jesus was born in a manger in a stable. How many women here can attest to the same for themselves? That you had your baby born in a stable with smelly animals all around and hay and whatever. We would rue the day if that were true. And yet, this is the scene that we look at. This child born like this. And in the tradition of the Latinos who love the Las Posadas, they go for nine days from door to door, knock at the door, to look for a place for the child to be born. And everyone says, no room here. Goodbye. Talk to the hand. And they leave. So we see this child born in poverty. We see this child born in, I'll say, rejection. And we have to make this connection to it. There's a direct line from here to there. The same poverty that was there is there even more so. The same rejection that was there is there many times more. And yet it's in precisely this poverty and this rejection that Jesus reveals the love. The opening prayer said that God created us, our humanity, but it is this, this Christ, that restored our humanity. And given the best that we can do with deep, deep mystical mysteries that, that embrace our life and our spirit and, and who we are and why we are and how we are, we can only do it in story form. So we tell some stories that are remarkably not literal. For example, the story of Adam and Eve. And if you disagree with me, that's okay, all right? But I say it didn't happen like that. Um, a devil didn't come in a talking snake and tell Eve to eat the apple. And she, It's a story to try to capture this mystery of sin, because sin is a huge mystery. How is it? How is it, as strong as we are, as complicated as we are, we've gone to the moon, for God's sakes, we, we've, we've created cures for so many diseases. We, just, we are an amazing race of people. It's amazing what we have accomplished and what we know and what we, what we attempt to do and the beauty that we try to create. And yet, one person can say one thing and ruin our whole day. I tell this story every once in a while. pops up. But when the rectory was over here, I mean, the, the office is in the rectory, uh, one day I came out of the office section and was going out the front door, and there was a woman there uh, who was flustered as could be, flustered as could be. And uh, I could tell right away, you could just feel this energy sometimes. So I said, I said, hi, what, how are you? What, uh, is something wrong? She said, oh, I've had a miserable day, Father. And I say, oh, my God, what happened? 
It was one o'clock. I remember that because she referred back to 10. She says, I went to the bank this morning and I got there on time and I was standing there in line and a woman walked right in front of me and she didn't even say, excuse me, it has ruined my day. And I thought to myself, you poor thing. That ruined your day? And you're going to carry that anger or rejection or hurt or whatever it was, a mixture of all of it, and let it ruin your day? But that's how fragile we can be. We can, we can do the most extraordinary things and then have one little tiny thing break us. And we call this mystery of sin this thing that, that has taken our humanity and twisted it much more than eating an apple from a tree. Here it is in full force. Here it is in full force. The ridiculous claim that because he said he could destroy the temple in three days and build it up, that he should be killed, put to death. He has blasphemed. And so they put him to death. Total rejection. Total hatred. And yet, it's at that precise moment, in less than a minute, that he restored our humanity. Because instead of speaking from a fallen nature, like all those people that were putting him to death and hating him, he spoke from a restored, healed, holy nature, a divine nature. And in the face of hatred, he spoke love and forgiveness. The scriptures today, we have four sets of scriptures. We have a mass at vigil, a mass at midnight or night, a mass at dawn, and then the mass of the day, which is the one we're hearing today. And this one is, a, in a sense, the most exalted because it gets to the late scriptures like John. And, but in the first reading, Isaiah talks about us being redeemed, uh, talks about uh, the redemption that comes through the proclamation of the good news. And even though this is Old Testament, and it's not speaking of good news like Jesus would have spoken of it, it somehow all blends together in a mysterious way. And so we have Isaiah talking like this, how beautiful the feet, not the tongue, how beautiful the feet of the one who comes to proclaim the good news. Because these feet carried this person from here to that place where people were. These feet took this person over there and then he was able to, or she was able to proclaim with her tongue. The word of God. So her feet are blessed because they carried her to that place. Beautiful. And then in the second reading, uh, reading from Hebrews, we hear about the power that has come through the Christ. The saving power that has come through the Christ. But then it's the Gospel of John that, that links it all together in a profound way. The only place we hear this in Scripture the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word, the Word, the Word was God. The Word is God. And so, like that opening prayer says, when we, uh, when we look at this child, because this child was born, and we say where it, life takes this child to the cross, we are getting revealed to us uh, um, a penetration of the divine into the human and into the broken humanness, the sinful humanness. And as the scriptures say today, darkness is taken away by the light and we're able to see. The reason I chose to do that song 
and I made it through it without crying. I, in the car, I drive with it. And Roberta Flaxman wipes me out this song. It's so beautiful. But it is so haunting to hear that phrase again, because his child is born, because his child is born, because his child is born. And almost like, unless we say it enough, we may not get it. But you know, even though we say it, it kind of points us toward the manger scene, which is lovely. But there has to be another place where Christ is born. This happened once in history, once, over 2,000 years ago. But in order for that, connected with that, to have super meaning in our lives, this Christ has to be born here multiple times, every day, not just on Christmas Day, not just once a day. And every time that we choose love over hate, every time we choose to forgive rather than to hold on to something that has made us angry, every time we, we strive for justice rather than injustice, every time that we make peace instead of something ugly, war or anything else in this place, every time that we are able to give of ourselves and give generously of ourselves. Christ is born again in our hearts and in our lives. And quite frankly, you know, that's what religion is about. It is beautiful, and thank you all for coming to Mass today. It's lovely, and I think it's a good thing. It's a thing that we should do, I think. But that's like that crib. There's something more than just coming to Mass. And there's something more than just receiving communion. I would say that's just the beginning. It doesn't have to happen only here, but it can and usually does in a very special way because it's so explicit. But we come here, and what is really supposed to happen is that we open this thing we call our hearts and let the grace and the love and the example, the modeling, the words the gestures of Jesus, his forgiveness, his life-giving and healing words to enter here. Because when they enter here and we find some transformation, then we really get who and what that child was all about.